Welcome to episode 24 of Super Entertainment Presents the Television Crossover Universe on the Grand Geek Knoll Network. Coming to you from Castle Wolfenstein, hosted by the TVCU crew. Joining me is Crazy Ivan Shabowski, convention panelist and lover of cheese, and Chris Nigro, author and founder of Wild Hunt Press. And I am Robert Ronsky Jr., author of the Horror Crossover Encyclopedia. We are the TVCU crew. James Boyachuk is on assignment. He's not really. I just always want to say that. Uh, the TVC crew are a team of crossovers who devote way too much of their time to connecting the dots to official crossovers and Easter eggs in order to demonstrate a shared fiction of reality that we call the Television Crossover Universe. And look how much smoother that is when I read it all the way through. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Hey. Yo. So I'm you disappointed know, I, now. You said that James was on assignment, and I thought, oh, wow, that's James. There's something cool up in the works on this. And then you said, no, it was a lie. <laughs> you know, I have to give, you know, I last week I really uh, butchered the, the intro because I accidentally hit page up and lost everything that was in front of me. And, uh, you know, I, I, sit in, I sit and listen in on Unchained uh, a lot of times in the next room, and, and I, I just listened to them, their podcast today on on, uh, on iTunes. And uh, they, like, introduce, like, wonderfully every single week, and they don't have anything in front of them. They just have it down in their head. <laughs> and and if they, have, they have everybody in the studio at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that can make you know, a difference, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> very dreamy, no doubt. Uh, anyways, um, so I wanted to, uh, as usual, ask you guys if you have anything to plug or, um, or um, announce or anything like that. Well, I think I've solved the uh, the riddle of why I couldn't get pictures to to format right in my timeline. So hopefully by the time this episode airs, I'll have the corrected version posted, and people will get to see that there's photographic evidence that all of that stuff happened. Because otherwise, you would think it was just all made up. Yeah, yeah, and who would make up something like that? Right. And uh, this episode will be airing on the 24th, so hopefully you can get it done <laughs> by then. Uh, Chris, how about you? Anything to plug? Well, yes, I have something to plug oh, that's very appropriate considering our guest today. Um, today and yeah. he'll be talking about Septic Man. The day you... Um, the day you announced we'd be talking to him, Rob, was also the day that it turned out I had a story sold to Sirens Call Publications, and their, their, one of their upcoming anthologies will be a horror anthology called What Dwells Below, and it will involve stories that take place in a sewer. And Ooh. Yep. And my contribution will be a story called Melvin's Disgusting New Job, and even though I'm loath to give out spoilers... His disgusting new job is a sewer. How much do you get paid? Not enough, but it's awesome. The story is awesome. Okay, I th I'm biased. I wrote it. But, oh, oh, how much you get paid for working in a sewer? Um, oh, 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 I'm sorry. The way you said it, I thought he was being paid to be a sewer. 
Oh, oh. I thought oh. that was a, you said his new disgusting job is a sewer, didn't you? No. Ooh, I, I think there are people who would get paid to do that, actually. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get paid to behave like a sewer. It's my pleasure to do it for free. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> I, All right, but you do have a new story in the works, and it's going to be, it's already sold to, what's the title again? What lies below, or? What Dwells Below, published by Siren's Call Publications. I've Excellent. Worked with, yep. I've worked with them many times before. They are very cool. Good to know. All right. And I just wanted to do a plug for uh, our friends over at uh, Comic Reflections. Um, their, their network, the Fire and Water Podcast Network, as I said last week, is doing a, uh, a full month of uh, crossover event between all their podcasts. Well, not all their podcasts, but eight podcasts. They have a lot of podcasts. Um, so it's the Fire and Water Podcast Network is reviewing JLA Year One, um, one or two issues per episode. Episodes are on Fire and Water, Power Fishnets, uh, Waiting for Doom, Lantern Cast, Supermates, Idle Head of Diablo, Comic Reflections, and the Infuse and Longbox. Incidentally, um, Fire and Water is a, is a show dedicated to Firestorm and Aquaman, which is an interesting combination for a show. <laughs> um, Power Fishnets is a, a Black Canary and Zatanna podcast. Um, Idlehead of Diablo is about the Martian Manhunter. Um, so I just want to give them a plug because it's an interesting little crossover about a crossover that is now being plugged on a show about crossovers. And uh and we'll be running their 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 official promo that describes it much better during our commercial break. So uh <laughs> you'll 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 hear it again. But it, you really should check it out. It's on iTunes. Um so even if the episodes have already aired you can of course still check them out. Um and you should subscribe to all of them if you like comics. Uh, they're all all worth listening to. Um, they really they really know their stuff. Yeah. So, um, and uh, I, I'd also like to uh, just just whisper a rumor that um, we might or might not be appearing at some kind of event in the future, or maybe not in uh, in in a town called Springfield. Uh, so. Um, you know, I will uh, let you know more probably in two or three weeks from now um, on the episode that airs then. Um, so, uh, plus, of course, just follow us on Facebook. And, uh, you know, when we know for sure, I will be able to say for sure. There's right. only like several different Springfields in the United States. You never know. It could be your Springfield that you. Or maybe something that you're hearing it. Right. Dream on, Ivan. Sorry. Illinois. Well, like I said, dream on. Did you get that one? No, never mind. No, we did not get that. All right. What I didn't want to hear. Wonderful. Well, we should get we should get moving because our uh, our guest tonight, um, Jesse Thomas Cook, um, is is uh, running short on time tonight, and, and he was gracious enough to show up. We, we were supposed to have him on a previous episode, and um, 
he had to make a movie and make money, and uh, <laughs> that's what movie makers do. They make movies. Uh, so um, so he had to reschedule, so we're, we're lucky to have him on tonight. And uh, So we're going to go to commercial. When we come back, we'll have Jesse Thomas Cook. We'll be right back. All right, we're yeah. filmmaker Thomas Cook, who was going to be on our show a while back, but he had a new project and a new baby. Congrats to that. So we're glad we were able to reschedule. Uh, our guest tonight is a filmmaker who first came to my attention when someone suggested Monster Ball for the horror crossover encyclopedia uh, that I was working on. When I first gained the opportunity to have a podcast, I knew I wanted to have him on our show. And so, Jesse, please uh, welcome to the show. We're glad to have Thanks you. a lot for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, so I know we have a, a very short time to have you, and we're, we're so excited to have you, so we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, first, I wanted to talk to you about Monster Brawl. Um, Monster Brawl was how I first you first came to my attention. Um, so first thing I want to say um, is I love the movie. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a movie that um, does not take itself seriously and in the best way possible. And Jimmy Hart, uh, Dave Foley, I mean, like, I was not expecting the ca- to have, to have like, that kind of cast that, like, wow, you you got a lot of fighters, you got a lot of wrestlers, you got see people to, to, like, put on this makeup. And and I, I, I was impressed. I, going into this, I wasn't sure what to expect. I just heard there was some crossover. Uh, but it, it was a lot of fun. Um, so I grew up on wrestling and monster movies in the 80s, uh, much like the character in the story who created the sporting event for the film. Uh, can I assume that the movie's origin of how the sporting event came about was a bit autobiographical on your part? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. For, um, obviously, growing up in the late 80s was the, uh, you know, the the highlight for for wrestling and certainly for monster and horror films like Monster Squad and uh, Friday the 13th and, and Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, all of those great classic films sprung up uh, in that decade and seemed to, to go along with uh, wrestling as well. So those were like two, you know, pastimes of my youth that... Uh, just seemed a natural fit when conceiving the idea for the film. Now, was it was it hard to convince these wrestlers and UFC fighters to put on this makeup and play these monsters, or were they like on board like <laughs> right away? <laughs> uh, no, they were on board. Uh, the, the guy who plays Frankenstein, Robert Maillet, he was uh, he was a wrestler in the late '90s under the name Kurgan. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got him specifically because he uh, had been in a lot of movies, in a lot of makeup. Um, he was a, a monster in 300. He was in Sherlock Holmes. And he was in The Strand. Or, what is it? The Strand or The Strain? Uh, Del Toro's TV show. So he had, yeah. done, uh, he had done a lot of work. Uh, and he's Canadian. And... Uh, so he, we always had him in mind uh, before the script was even written. He was always going to be our Frankenstein. So we just got in touch with him, and thankfully he uh, he loved it. That's awesome. So so Jimmy Hart, I mean the Hart Foundation is. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
And Jimmy Hart's like the nicest guy I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, I bet. And then you had Dave Foley, kids in the hall. I mean, it was really a childhood thing. And then you had Lance Henriksen from Aliens, you know, narrative. That's <laughs> so <laughs> random. I looked that up, you know, and I'm like, and, uh, like, did you just luck out or, like, or, or did you envision these actors? Like, these are the guys and they... Um, well, it was strategic and luck at the same time. Uh, someone like Dave Foley and his uh, the color commentator Art Hindle, who was in some classic David Cronenberg horror films like uh, The Body Snatchers and The Brood. Um, both of those guys lived like 20 minutes from our small town in Ontario. Um, oh. So they they both grew up like, you know, t- 10 miles up the road. And uh, so when we contacted their agents, we, we, we let them know, like, look, tell these guys we're filming, like, in their hometown. Um, so I think that was a huge uh, bonus for them to be able to reconnect with their roots. And they actually knew each other as well and had worked with each other in the past. Uh, Jimmy Hart was just, you know, we just, I forget how we even got in contact with him. I think he had a, an agent for, like, convention appearances and, and uh and to our surprise, he he was thrilled, and he came up with like his his wardrobe from WrestleMania three, and uh, his uh, ubiquitous megaphones, and uh, he was just such a delight. I, I couldn't believe what a what a gentleman he was. He you know would joke around, tireless, would work long hours, and tell us all stories about, you know, the early 80s, before WWF even, like wrestling with Andy Kaufman and uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Um, and then he, like, donated all his pay from the film to help his friend who had just had a heart attack. So Oh, wow. He was Yeah, he was just, uh, you know, true blue. What a great guy. Wow. Truly Heart Foundation. Yeah, that, yeah. that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I have to say, um, you know, I, I, because I heard the plot first, I came into this with low expectations. Monsters wrestling, you know, <laughs> you know, but the makeup and effects were excellent. The fighting was well choreographed. The lore of the monsters demonstrated you know your monsters, and I really got into it. I mean, there were times where I was, like, rooting for one monster. Like, you know, I was really, really into this. And then there were some surprises thrown at me, and I was like, whoa, you know. So... I have to ask, I mean, was this as fun to make as it was for me to watch? Yeah, it was. It was a blast. We shot it in, like, a warehouse back in 2010 in our small little town with, like, all our buddies we grew up uh, going to school with and watching horror films with. And, uh, you know, we never had a lot of money, but we had a lot of heart, and it was sort of our first film, and it was just a really good team experience i guess like creating this entire graveyard wrestling set in this giant warehouse and spending half the summer you know basically just doing what we love and that's making weird and wacky horror films um yeah no i looking back now it was it it was uh, such a delight every film we've done since has just gotten harder and more complicated it seems uh but that one seemed so relaxed we were inside uh it was a very controlled set 
And, uh, you know, the response was great, especially in, in like wrestling towns like Calgary and, and in Montreal, when we went to film festivals and had these sold out screenings with just like you said, people like taking sides, there was a whole contingent of werewolf fans and Frankenstein fans and people getting out of control. So it was, it, it, it was fun. Now, on the flip side though, you could tell that like we, we played it in Sweden at, at a city and like there were crickets nobody understood it oh. so it's very interesting to see like certain cities certain geographic areas really really taking to it well I'm my must... favorite my favorite was witch bitch personally i was really sad to see her <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's part of a local uh local group of wrestlers her and werewolf and the zombie uh they do like uh they they're part of like a smaller Ontario wrestling circuit. Well, I must say I really enjoyed Monster Brawl, Jesse. I also saw influences of the one-on-one fighting video games, uh, and and to see it translated on the on the screen like that, it was amazing. And I must say too, I really enjoyed Septic Man. And I must say, you really had your shit together with that film. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, in terms of the video game thing, absolutely. Like that's why when you mentioned Lance Henriksen, he's basically like the the video game announcer, like the Mortal Kombat kind of voice. He right. says the finishing moves. Um, Septic Man was also shot in our small town with a lot of the same crew on Monster Brawl. The guy who played Frankenstein, Robert Maillet, was back. He played the the kind of the unnamed giant in Septic Man. And the guy who played Jack, the septic worker, uh, was the Cyclops and the Swamp Gut and the old Gravekeeper in Monster Brawl. And he's just a guy we grew up with uh, and went to school with here. Oh, you really trans- you really translated, uh, Jesse, or I should say tapped into primal horrors with Septic Man because I think one of the deepest fears of humanity is getting sick. I mean, honestly. I, I live in more yeah, yeah. Yeah, of that, of getting one of those uh, stomach viruses. And c- could you tell us how you managed to, what inspired you for Sick Man? Uh, well, we uh, we started working with Tony Burgess, who's a writer. He lives near us, and uh, he wrote a very successful zombie book and film called Pontypool. Um so we started working with him, and he's just fucking crazy. Uh, he's uh, kind of a famous horror novelist here in Canada, and uh, his ideas are, are in the cosmos. So he always has these crazy ideas, and we got to kind of rein him in a little bit. But with Septic Man, I went to him and said, what if we just did a film where a guy is you know, basically stuck in a septic tank the entire movie? Um of course, we 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 kind of tweaked that after we we had a little bit of a an opening to the film where he's outside of the tank. But initially, it was conceived that the entire film would take place inside a, a septic tank, and uh, this guy would slowly transform, sort of like Brundlefly in uh, in the classic movie The Fly, or like uh, Swamp Thing, or right. Toxic Avenger. Those were the influences, but. Once we started uh, pre-production, we realized we kind of had this origin story for a superhero. That's really what the movie became. We, we we don't show what happens when he becomes 
you know, the anti-hero or the, or, you know, or he's released, but uh, we, we show his transformation and that, that was the, that's how we conceived of the whole thing. And we, we shot it in, I think about 12 days uh, in Collingwood, Ontario. We just built a giant septic tank out of wood and filled it with shit and muck and, uh, it was a horrible movie to film. We were, it was very difficult because we were crammed in this set the whole time. And if you just wanted to move people or gear around, um, you kind of take that for advantage. Uh, you take that for granted on a, on a normal film set where you can just walk an apple box or a, a grip stand across the room. Well, in that septic tank, it became like, you know, super ego chess where you had to pass shit to the next guy and he had to float it across and, and, uh, it got very claustrophobic and frustrating at times, but the very tight knit crew, I think there was only six or seven of us who, uh, who were on that set for the most part. Well, you guys regurgitated some amazing imagery in that film. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. That was a surprise for us. We weren't sure how that was going to come off. We, Tony and I were writing the script. Like he brought in all these influences from like French philosopher George Bataille, who was kind of this crazy surrealist uh, philosopher in the 1930s. His work was banned in France, and it was all about the human body and uh, and really fucked up shit. So it's all in there as kind of a subtext if you really want to look at it in that way. But uh, yeah, very gross film and. Uh, that was our fifth film we had made in in three years, and uh, we uh, we got to premiere that in Austin, Texas, at Fantastic Fest, where uh, the lead actor Jason Brown won. Uh, he won Best Actor at that festival against some pretty good competition. Well, that opening sequence was amazing. I mean, as soon as I saw it, I realized, I mean, that woman was either out on a date with Ivan with some of his uh, chili cheese or there was something nasty afoot in that water in that town. And, <laughs> and, I was just thinking that it must have been really, really difficult to produce that much material over 12 days. Absolutely. Yeah, we always make our films only 12. Well, Monster Brawl was 20 days, but since then we've got it down to 12, 13 days. We try to run two cameras all the time, and we shoot long hours, long days. So I know we only got you for a few more minutes, um, and you've got like a, a lot of films as writer, director, producer, editor. Uh, so I wanted to ask, um, be before you have to leave us, is there... Uh, anything that you want our listeners to know about besides the two films we've discussed? Hey, what what else would you really like to plug right now? Here's your here's your chance. Shame, shameless. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the, you guys have mentioned the ones I, I had the honor of directing, but uh, certainly as producer, our small company here has done a number of genre films. Um, Ejecta, which is on Netflix in the U.S., which is a, kind of a sci-fi alien uh, hybrid uh, POV film footage kind of movie. Um, Hellmouth, which is kind of this fucked up fever dream with Stephen McCaddy. That was shot entirely on a green screen, like uh, kind of like Sin City. It's um, So check that one out for sure. And then we just finished, uh, well, we filmed a haunted house film called The Hexecutioners last year. And that I'm not sure when that'll be out in the U.S. It's out in the U.K. now. 
and it's coming out in Canada this this month. But uh, keep your eyes peeled for that, uh, probably in the fall in the U.S. And we just wrapped a film, as you mentioned, Rob. I, uh, we had to get this film shot before uh, before my kid was born, my second son, actually. <laughs> And uh, my producer also had a uh, daughter being born around the same time. They were they ended up being born two days apart, so we had to spend March uh, shooting a kind of a really weird project. It was going to be a feature film. We think it might end up being a mini series now because we shot 50 hours. We were running two units the whole time, um, and it's a it's kind of about a uh, failed reality show pilot about a, uh, a TV crew who goes to investigate a hoarder and reform him and help him renovate his houses. And they unearth uh, all sorts of trouble. There's zombies. There's uh, there's a ghost story, a haunted house thing. And uh, very funny in the, in kind of in the tone of trailer park boys or eastbound and down. It's very vulgar comedy. And uh, we were delighted to get back to comedy. We hadn't done comedy since Monster Brawl, and it's uh, been a love of ours to do that. So that one will be out a year from now. Um, title is American Monsters. So keep your keep your oh, eyes peeled cool. for that one as well. All right. And uh, where can our listeners uh, follow your work on social media? Oh, well, let's see. I guess my Facebook or Instagram, or uh, we have a Foresight Features Vimeo page. Uh, all our trailers are on YouTube, and uh, yeah, just look us up. We're out there. Okay. Well, Jesse, thank you for being with us. Uh, sorry, sorry for the, the time crunch that we had. Uh, we would not a problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. I was really looking forward to this. I'm so glad we finally got you on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure. Um, and hopefully we can have you on again, uh, you know, maybe when your seri- your next series, American Monsters, comes out. Uh, That'd be great. Yeah. Thanks a yeah. lot, guys. Anytime. All right. So thank you very much. Um, we'll be right back. All right. So we are back. And we have some time to kill. <laughs> so um, what do we want to discuss, guys? Um I was thinking maybe uh, since we're on a theme with classic monster mashups that we could discuss a few other classic monster mashups. Well, you mentioned uh, well, my personal favorite Monster Squad. Yeah. Monster Squad uh, was a beautiful movie, for sure. It, it, was, uh, it was definitely a tribute to the, to the Universal uh, films. Um, and even though it was a comedy, um, it was a classy comedy, <laughs> you know, uh, for its time. It really um, portrayed Dracula's evil and portrayed Frankenstein as, well, the Frankenstein monster as being uh, misunderstood, you know. Uh, aren't, they to... aren't they supposed yeah. to be remaking Monster Squad, Ivan? There has been a lot of talk that I've heard about redoing Monster Squad, but I haven't seen anything going into production, so as far as I'm concerned, it's just talk. Ah. The concept has a lot of potential, but with Universal planning their new shared universe with their monsters that's not built on the old stuff, 
I imagine anything like the Monster Squad would be incorporated into that series if it happens, and hopefully they're going to do it Marvel-style where they build into it instead of doing it DC-style where they just throw it right at you and say, here it is, without any build-up at all, and you don't have any reason to care about these characters. Right. Start 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 with Dracula Untold, and then do Frankenstein beat Dracula, Dawn of Monsters, and then introduce all the other monsters in that movie. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, but, of course, you don't have to care about the individual characters when you have a situation like Monster Crawl. Yeah. You get enough. You, you know this is a fight. You know enough about each one to know why they're fighting, and that's it. And you you know the great thing about Monster Brawl um, was that well, for one thing, it was t- very tongue in cheek, but it still told the origins of each monster. As it introduced each monster in Monster Brawl, it gave a a very quick, like, um, pretty mythologically accurate, you know, description of that monster you know, in, in its lore. Um, you know, even even with Frankenstein, they said, well, technically, it's Frankenstein's monster if you want to be a dick about it. <laughs> you know, but they, they still, you know, point it out, you know, that, yeah, we're calling Frankenstein in the short, or in, <laughs> but, you know, they're, 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 they're very good in Monster Brawl about, uh, about that, like, setting up each monster. caught the, the the pro wrestling um inspiration i caught the boxing inspiration but they had video game inspiration it was like mortal Kombat with monsters yeah it, it really was and um i'm glad you mentioned that because that actually hadn't occurred to me but now that you said it like i'm replaying all the scenes and and especially with um Hendrickson's, like um voiceover which by the way he was supposed to be god according to imdb uh uh, in the credits, um, that, you know, he would be like, you know, fatality, <laughs> you know, whatever. That was like God's voice <laughs> doing the play-by-play thing. Well, I guess even God could be a fan of Monster Mashes, right? I mean, why not? They're entertaining. Well, you know, it, it, the premise was that all these monsters are, like, being called together, that somebody put on a sporting event, but it was actually, you know, like the Cyclops, like, prophecy, this was to happen, and other monsters were just not even called. They were just showing up because there was their time and place to be there. So, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, God was, like, behind the scenes in that movie, like, orchestrating, you know, to have one person left at the end. And here I thought... Oh, this- God. That's what you're saying? What'd you huh? say? I personally feel like uh, there was a... a- God force type of fake drawing together. Oh, this is where the monsters are. Okay. And here I thought yeah. the Supreme Being was just a fan like the rest of us. <laughs> well, maybe God is. God likes skee ball after all. And bingo, right? Yeah. Don't have bingo in churches a lot? Okay. I. Is Ivan having trouble with his connection, or is he underwater? 
Yeah, I think Ivan's underwater. He he's the Batman Aquaman mashup that um, was alluded to last week. So. Can you hear me now, Harry? Yeah, yeah. Now we hear you. Okay. We heard you before. We we heard you before. You just. (laughs) Yeah. Why'd you dunk your head in the fishbowl before talking, Ivan? That wasn't fishbowl. I hope the listeners are hearing him, or they will hear him, or you know. <laughs> what is what is it up with your neck of the woods and bad reception? You 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 think closer to the big city would have a bigger, <laughs> better connection? I think he'd be out in the woods. Buffalo is a big city. Huh? Buffalo, Buffalo is a big city. That's true. It's a big that's, town. Some people here. The city flicker amongst us is, is indeed Chris. Though I'm not very slick. How did okay. that start the conversation? All right, okay. <laughs> everyone, so, always, oh, everyone dreads they'll say something and just and end the conversation. No, okay. Well, I can say something, but no one would hear me. So what's the point? But we heard that. We heard you complain that nobody could hear you. Yeah, because I was complaining about not being heard. It's when I'm trying to say something that I want people to hear that no one can hear me. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> oh, only Aquaman and the Submariner could talk underwater, Ivan. So, you know, speaking of uh, um, uh, the, the movies of the, the guests we just had on, um, what I liked about Septic Man was... Um, you know, and he, he, I'm glad he mentioned it because I was thinking that um, Toxic Avenger was an uh, inspiration uh, for it, and, and then he nailed it right on it, absolutely. Uh, but I, I was also thinking it was kind of like a metaphor for like what's going on in Flint, Michigan right now with their, <laughs> their, their water supply and trying to get their mayor to drink the water. He's like, well, I won't drink it. <laughs> and I also saw this reminder of every time I had a stomach virus in the past. Yeah, well, you know, I did go two days without being able to go to the bathroom. Glad <laughs> you shared that. Glad you shared that with us, Rob, and all the and all the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a thing. And well, actually, we're on too. I'm feeling much better. So, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad That's why we're using Zap Store to fill our time. That's right. That's right. Hey, this we 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 talk about uh, what was it? Uh, shit. What, what did James say? Something flip flops. Chris, what did he say? Shit brown flip. Oh shit. Yeah, we talk about shit sham. Uh, shit brown flip flops. Shit on here. Oh, we're a mess tonight. We tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much of a mess as that poor woman in the opening sequence of Septic Tank. She had a lot of blood in the stool. And you know how we know that? Because the cameraman was generous enough to do a zoom-in on the toilet after she was done with it. Yeah. And this you know, all those, new, all those new listeners we just gained, gone. <laughs> yeah, they gone to watch the movie immediately. Yeah, that's where they went. Well, they, they must, after they get out of the bathroom, I meant Ivan. I, I would, I would, I would say, uh, um, go, go, go watch Monster Brawl. Go watch Septic Man. Go, go look up um, on IMDb Jesse Thomas Cook's um, other films. 
and check out some of those um, because uh, you know, they're fun. Well, and uh, they're they're horror though. Some of some of them are, are are a little gross horror. Like Septic Man is a little is a little gross. Um, a little, just a little. Just don't watch it while you're eating. Yeah, don't watch it while you're eating. And well, I can watch it while I'm eating. It doesn't bother me. Can, uh, I watch I watch movies like that all the time. But <laughs> well, um. I, Luckily, it had me done for it. I have to say, she's one of the most gorgeous actresses I have ever seen. She, we got some good things to look at, and yes, she was a good actress also. I, I, I gotta say, he, 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 they do well. He does well with his films with casting. Um, he, he really does. Um, you know, even in, even in Monster Brawl, you know, um, um, you know, under the under that makeup. Uh, you know, there were some some fine wrestlers and and uh, UFC fighters, and uh, you know, they're, they're uh, I, I I looked them all up. They were out there. They're all top notch folks. And rest assured, a lot was passing in um Septic Man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Come on. Chris, pun, pun, pun. <laughs> Ivan's been stealing him from me lately. I mean, he... T- you can have them back. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually curious to check out his film, Hellmouth, uh, because it's called Hellmouth. <laughs> Buffy influence, yay! Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just the title alone, like, okay, I'm sold. You know, we we need to get a Septic Man video game. Wouldn't it be awesome if Jesse could uh, negotiate to bring us one of those? I mean, imagine how cool that would be. Well, I, I wanted to ask him if he was going to make a Septic Man too, since this was kind of like a hero's origin story. But he said it was so terrible making the movie. <laughs> Why not a video game? Do the sequel in a video game, and you know, we—I mean, imagine that you push a sequence of buttons to vomit, and another one is the Hershey squirts, and you know, another one is that. Picking up a hacksaw or chainsaw, and yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, how many people have ever, how many video games ever allow you to vomit or have diarrhea? Come on, that would be awesome. Grand Theft Auto, probably. <laughs> I suspect the idea sounds much better in the movie. That was realistic looking vomit, too, I gotta say, in that movie. I gotta that and there was one scene where that unnamed giant threw up for absolutely no reason at all I mean just because since everyone else was doing it well some people do vomit just because everybody else is doing it no doubt but um yeah the, the, I mean their their, their special effects are, are top notch considering their, their settings you know like their locations you could tell they save money on their, their locations um but they really make up for it with their their effects. Well, like I said during the interview, it must have been really difficult to to push out that much material in twelve days. Right. I was hoping somebody caught that. I, I did. I did. And if <laughs> but we were so pressed for time, I just had to move on. Fair enough. And I wonder how they do the vomiting effects. I mean, do they actually have someone hold that fake vomit in their mouth and then just, you know, or do they just eat a lot of uh, those 
you know, bad cheese chili tacos beforehand? Or I mean, how do they do it? Do you know yeah, Ivan? Eat a bunch of chili and then uh, take like uh, two spoonfuls of kale pectate. Oh God! They usually have a little tube like hidden inside the shirt or something, and then you know. And, and for the diarrhea scenes, it's the tubes hidden in their pants, right? I'm, I'm guessing that's how. I guess I don't know. Um, we should have next time Jesse's on. We'll have to ask him how they did those effects. You have to buy the DVD. Maybe they have it. Have it. Most DVDs like that. Yeah, but I, I I have the digital version I bought. So you know I wanna you know I'll have to ask them. They don't have those. They do not yet. Unfortunately, not yet have those special features on command and digital yet when I should. Some of them have the features on afterwards, but it's not the same when it's not on command. Yeah, you know, that's actually a shame. They they really should have um, streaming bonus features. The same, the, but I guess that's how they encourage people to buy the DVD still. Well, yeah. maybe the DVD itself does not have special features on this one. Maybe he's waiting until the trilogy comes out and he releases the big super collection of it to reveal all the secrets. You don't know. I still I watch the video game. Well, don't everybody talk at once. When he comes back on for American Monsters, we'll have to demand the video game, demand bonus features on the streaming. <laughs> and we'll, dis- we'll have to discuss it over lunch, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. let's have lunch and... <laughs> Well, let Chris squeeze him for information. <laughs> I wonder if he could invite Holly, or, Mo, or sorry, Molly Dunsworth. It would be awesome to have her there. I try not to stare. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then with all that talk of vomiting and everything, and, you know, there, there was a pretty beautiful woman they had uh, in the... You know, in the opening sequence, I must say, you know, do I, I must give her credit for doing some very, you know, unattractive things. I believe uh, her, her, if I'm, and I thought I had this on the Internet Movie Database. Wait a minute, I'm now looking on the screen and. No spoilers, well, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm just, I, I, I must give her complete credit for doing that on screen. I mean, you know, that's not exactly something you would expect to see a, a woman do while um, they have anatomies just like we do and get stomach viruses. Her name is Nicole G. Lear, if I pronounced her last name right. Awesome. She's a very attractive woman, and I must say a good actress, even though you know we really didn't get to see her you know, doing much other than you know what she was doing after having drunk that water. Well, you know, it's... Uh... You know, the, I think that makes makes that kind of scene stand out more when it is like uh, a, a beautiful woman, like in such a gross moment. You know, <laughs> you know that I think I think it makes it stronger. Uh, you know. Well, it says here in her in her re- so, resume so here. A statement. A thing that you, the audience, are in for a literal shit fest. Oh, it, it it says here on her on her internet movie database uh, she's um, profile. She's also a fitness model, and she's known for her tremendous acting ability. And I got to give her a lot of credit. And you know, you see her pictures here; she is amazing. I'd, I'd like to see her in you know 
how do I put it? Cleaner movies, maybe. <laughs> well, the, the the women who played um, uh, witch bitch and um, lady vampire are actually very attractive women underneath that makeup too. And we never got to see what lies with what, what lies beneath that makeup, though. But I I would imagine they are. But you know, I can I'm, Google Google that. <laughs> oh, they're, yeah, yeah. They're both they're they're both professional wrestlers. Uh, uh, you know, very good looking. Matter of fact, everybody in Monster Brawl was a. Uh, well, almost everybody in Monster Brawl was a professional wrestler or a UFC fighter. Well, I will definitely follow the career more of um, of Molly and Nicole. I'll tell you that much because they're both pretty fantastic. I don't want my head to burst from the admiration, but that they were just awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I I liked Monster Monster Brawl was a movie that uh, you know it it was an intentionally bad movie, you know. And I, I like like that. Like it was, it, it knew it was not apologetic about, about what it was, you know, at all. <laughs> we even and, got. And why should it? You know, if people like those kind of movies, there and there clearly are people who do, then they aren't watching it and being embarrassed by it. They are watching it, expecting a higher class of entertainment. They're watching it to right. see exactly what they're getting. And why can't I mean it's great to present deep concepts on movies. I love that, but why can't we just have fun sometimes? You know what I'm saying? Like when we're playing a video game. Just have fun. Exactly. You know, the the, the jokes were on level with uh Chris's pun, so for one thing, which They weren't that uh, bad. <laughs> but but you know, say so they were they were dumb jokes on purpose, you know. The, the, the humor was uh, the humor was very um, corny and and uh, it was just it was just we're having a good time with this the banter the the banter with the um, uh, um, the, the two commentators and you know it, it was just it was just fun. In other words, go along with the you know the producer's intentions and. It'll be an enjoyable watch. Don't expect it to be something that it's not. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, but the thing is, the, the the fighting sequences were 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 pretty good. You know, <laughs> well, if, if you expect it to be something it's not, aren't isn't that more a case of you disappointing yourself than the movie disappointing you? I mean, <laughs> no, I, I it, for me the movie was a pleasant surprise. Um, so, it, it, the only way it could have been better is if I was actually controlling the fighters, like when you're playing the video game. But otherwise, yeah, it's like watch. It was like watching a live action um, playthrough on YouTube of a video game. All right. Well, we've we've stalled and uh, and danced and tap danced and enough uh, <laughs> on this episode. Uh, I, um, it is about time to wrap up. Um, that, is, that is about all the time we've got. Um, so, listeners, if you're still listening, join us next week when we'll be talking about filmmakers who create shared universes by creating connections within their otherwise unconnected films. That's right. It's a whole hour of us just talking <laughs> with no guests. 
so if you liked what you just heard, tune in. Uh, and if you didn't like what you just heard, we'll be better. <laughs> Before we, we end, hope so. Yeah. Anyway. Before we end, I want to thank our sponsor, Slurm. I'd also like to thank our mysterious And a special thanks to Tiny White and the Deadites for our show's theme music, Leaf on the Stream. Thanks to all who listened. Remember to subscribe to and rate our shows on iTunes. And as always, everything happens somewhere. Good night.